Welcome to Detour to Neverland, your guide to living your best Disney life through your hobby or business. Here's your hosts, Brendan and Catherine. Welcome back to Detour to Neverland. Today is episode number 135, where we'll be talking about how failing fast can lead to success. So before we jump into everything, we spent a lot of time making our website a good resource for you guys, and we've been posting blogs, expanded show notes, and much more, and you know, today's episode actually kind of relates to a blog post that Brendan did recently. So if you want to check that out, go to detourtoneverland.com um, just so that you can get the resources that go with the show. Yep. And sign up for our newsletter. We're going to be catching back on with that. We've taken a few weeks off getting our footing, but we will be back with that. Correct? We will be. Now it's out into the universe, so we have to. We have to follow through. So today, like Catherine said, we're focusing on how failing fast can lead to your success. So this is something that we've talked about in quite a few episodes um, that I can remember. And it's something that a lot of people and a lot of people who are building something have to go through so you can find your niche or find your sweet spot for what works for you. But it's something that sounds very simple when you speak it, but what does that actually look like or what does that mean in practice? So I think that's what we plan to discuss today. After we have our discussion, of course, we'll share some applicable Disney quotes and just normal quotes as well. I, I know I looked yes. ahead. There's some normal quotes out there and then also some Disney characters who embody this idea of failing fast. So we're going to start with a clip from this Monday's episode with John and Amy from The Magic Shop, and they spoke about how they failed fast through different products to find the things that work for them. So let's go ahead and listen to that clip. And sometimes, sometimes that works and sometimes it doesn't. We have had a pair of sunglasses that are monorail themed, like in the works for forever. And they just, they don't, they just don't, they work, don't right. work. So we're like, we're not going to put that out there. Yeah. So you just, you never know what's going to work. And so sometimes people get, you know, they want this, they want that. And we try, but you know, some, some work and some you just have to walk away from. Yeah, exactly. So that is from John and Amy. You can hear that full conversation. Like Catherine said, Back in episode number 134, like I mentioned earlier, this has been a topic that we've discussed with a lot of different guests, but one that sticks out to Catherine and I is our friends Shelly and Steve from Pop Creative Design. So another product creator, you can hear their full episode in episode number 75, but let's hear, I believe it's Steve is talking about how they've tried all these different products in order to find their niche. So we will play that now. We've literally thrown everything you possibly can at the wall. <laughs> um, we've tried it all and we failed a lot of stuff. Yeah. But just doing the pop-up shops, we really found our niche. Mm -hmm. And I mean, we've taken candlelight holders that we handmade and we've taken so many other things that I can't even think of that just people look at and go, yeah, we don't really care about that. Right. But you have Disney stuff. So it was just – it's just staying focused on now we know – where our niche is, mm -hmm. is, you know, like I said, we, th we threw everything we could at the wall, beer bottle openers and everything. We tried to strike with sports teams and things like that. And it just didn't work out for us. We, no. we tried though, but yeah. we, it was it mainly just finding our niche with feedback from 
the pop-up shops were huge. So to start with John and Amy's clip, I think what really stands out to me the most is that even though they've put a lot in time and effort into, you know, the monorail sunglasses that didn't work, you know, they knew when it was time to stop. So I think that's something that's hard for people, you know, when we talked about what that looks like in practice, it's hard to put your time and effort and, you know, everything that you put into your products into something just to let it fail, quote unquote. Yeah. Well, and that's something that I didn't even think about beforehand, that time and effort do not always equate to results, to positive results. That sometimes you can work your absolute tail off for something and maybe it's just not the right fit or it's not the right timing, whatever it might be, for some reason it's just not working. And I think having the courage and the awareness to walk away from something and to move on to something is really important. Yeah, that's the other thing that really stands out is just that awareness of knowing, okay, we've done everything we possibly can. It's time to try the next thing. And, you know, even with Shelly and Steve, when Steve was talking about, you know, their approach at just kind of throwing everything out there and seeing what sticks or seeing what people enjoy. Um, and as they do that, you know, kind of narrowing down their niche, I think that's really important too. Yeah. I mean, I love that Steve mentioned in that clip that during that process, what they were doing was niching down. And I think that's exactly right. I think that's what failing fast ultimately leads to is you, you know, imagine that you're starting with a list of a hundred different things that you do. The quicker you get through through those and figure out, you know, what are your three or four or whatever number you throw out there, your core competencies, or like your sweet spot, the quicker you can do that, the more time you're going to be able to bask in the success. Which is why I think you love failing fast. I feel like you could be a poster child for that in the best way. You like exploring new avenues and trying new things. And I think really what that boils down to is that, you know, if you fall into this category of failing fast, you aren't afraid to try new things. Yeah. But I do think there's a downside to that. or There's a mental game that you have to play whenever you're failing fast and you're trying new things is that you can't get overly invested in something. I hand up first person to admit, I always think that my next idea is my best idea. Yes. So, you know, we can even go as recent as the newsletter. I thought, hey, we're going to mention this newsletter. We're going to get all these people to sign up. It's going to completely, you know, reform Detour to Neverland. It's going to be this missing piece of what we need. It's good. And it's still a work in progress. It's still a work in progress. We're not calling it a failure yet, but <laughs> it things play out a lot differently in reality than the planning process. Then, then maybe what you envision in your head. Yeah. So I think, you know, a key part of that is not getting attached to things. And that's something that I'm not good at because I get emotionally attached to absolutely everything. But... You know, instead of leading with emotion, you have to lead with that logic. Um, and even like Steve said, you are gathering feedback and data from the people who are consuming your products or buying your products. And, you know, that's going to give you those results that you're looking for. 
Yeah. You, you're not emotionally attached to anything. No, not me. Never. Not the person who has their second grade agenda still in their closet. No, my parents threw that out. Now they did. But if I, it was under your control, you'd still have it. I'm definitely like borderline hoarder probably when it comes to keeping things. So one thing I do want to point out is that there is a time and a place for emotion within your project. So I don't want this to sound like it's sterile or it's emotionless. Like there's a lot of emotion that goes into Detour to Neverland for us. I mean, it's constant, really. I mean, it's our passion project as much as I hate that term. (laughs) I mean, that's what it is for us. But sometimes the writing is on the wall that you need to move on and you need to try something different. Yeah, and I think in those situations, you just have to follow your gut. And that does lead back to emotion. But, you know, it's it's still kind of that logic over just holding, holding on to something that's not working, yeah. you know. And I think, you know, we've talked about putting time and effort into things. But sometimes we hold on to things because we've put money into them and as you know people who are potentially trying to make some sort of money especially if you are making products right you're going to sell your products um it's hard to let go of things that you put your money into so i know you've never taken an economics class but you are talking about sunk costs Catherine. oh pat on the back for me the money's already spent there's nothing you can do about it the money that's already spent does not determine future success. So I think I think we're following some good wavelengths here. And I think, um, you know, it's been helpful to talk through some of this stuff. One portion that we have not talked about is sometimes it's instead of determining something as a failure and moving on, it's also adjusting your expectations. So sometimes... Maybe something's not necessarily a failure and it's not something you need to move on from, but it's something where you set the bar way too high. Again, hand up. I'm guilty. (laughs) Well, I mean, I think everyone's guilty of that in all aspects of life. I mean, you could start applying this to basically everything, vacations, even Disney trips, right? If you have this high expectation and you're expecting something and it doesn't meet it, then you might automatically say, oh, this was a terrible trip or this, you know, was a failure when in reality maybe it's just taking longer. So just to kind of pick your brain, I guess, how do you differentiate between the two? When do you know if it's a failure or when it's just not meeting what you had envisioned? That is the golden question. I mean, and I wish I had an answer for it, but I think a lot of it's following your gut A lot of it is, you know, figuring out what are the positives that came out of this and what are the negatives that came out of this, you know. And if it's you got three nice, you know, messages from somebody for doing this or, you know, maybe it's easier to think about this in products. Yeah, sales. Maybe you think, you know, you you wanted to sell 100 of this product and you sold 10 may seem like a little, but maybe your other top-selling product has only sold 20. In reality, that's not as big of a deal. I think it's just that constant ebb of flow of being self-aware, realizing 
what your reach is at the current moment and what your efforts are doing in that moment to move yourself forward. Like I'm guilty of, I think every single post or episode that we put out is going to like explode. (laughs) And I think there's a healthy portion to that because I'm very confident in what we're doing. And I, I really do think that we're providing some sort of value, but there's also the part of me that has to say like, Hey, if I don't get a hundred thousand downloads, on this episode, like I really, really hope that we do, it doesn't mean it's a failure. It just means that we got to keep working on it. We got to keep tweaking it. Yeah. So what that makes me think of is kind of within the same mindset realm, but just because you have a failure doesn't mean you are a failure. So I think that's always important to keep in mind too, because when you do you know, bank on something working out, you know, whatever it might be, and you put time and effort and potentially money into it, you know, that's definitely going to be a tough loss. But, you know, I think ultimately you have to keep in mind that you aren't the failure and, you know, you can just move on and try something new and keep going. Yeah. And if we said it once, we've said it a thousand times, but that is something that the Disney community in particular I think it's so wonderful at is everybody's supporting each other and nobody is like keeping tally marks, you know, like you can change what you're doing tomorrow and I promise you people are going to support you. Yeah. You can completely shift. I bet we could become, (laughs) I don't know. We can't even come up with anything. Instagram TV trapeze artist. And I bet there are people (laughs) be commenting, do it. Yeah. Yeah. Probably just to watch us fall off. But, (laughs) (laughs) but I, You know, it goes back to some of those things that we've talked about, that you're not stuck in anything, that you can move on to things, you can shift things up, and everybody's very forgiving and welcoming to doing something like that. So one of the last things that I think may be useful, and it kind of goes with that blog post that I wrote, I think I titled it, I'm a habitual quitter, and that's okay. A little bit of a clickbaity title, but I think the content matches that. But if you guys know us, you know we have tried a lot of different things and a lot of different projects. Detour is really the only one that we have ever stuck with for longer than, I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. I'm tempted to say weeks, maybe a month. We try a lot of things. And I just, I think it has helped us to cross things off the list. We wanted to make hats at one point couldn't pull it off (laughs) we wanted to have this blog website we don't like writing enough to do that Mm -hmm. you know we wanted to do xyz all the way through the alphabet every single thing you can imagine we've tried it this podcast is the first thing that's worked so i think that if we did not fail quickly through those other things we never would have gotten to this point Yeah. And I think that's very true. I mean, I think sometimes it is just, you know, a a test, you know, testing the waters. You know, I think about like when I was a kid, I think I tried every sport imaginable. And maybe that's what my parents are trying to do. Like, oh, she sucks at soccer. Next. (laughs) Oh, she doesn't like, you know, running around bases for t-ball. Next. You know, I tried everything. So... It applies to a lot of different aspects in life. For sure. 
So all of this is to say, be flexible and be self-aware. So be willing to try new things, but also be quick to pivot, quick to tweak things, quick to try a different approach to find out what works for you. Then once you find that, pursue it absolutely relentlessly, laser focused, like with no question whatsoever. I agree. Well, good deal. So this concludes the first portion of this episode for our discussion. We're going to take a quick break and here's a message from our partners. And then we will be back to share our quotes and our Disney characters. As you guys know, we've been working on expanding our reach on Pinterest. We use tools like Tailwind to automate the process, but you still have to have photos on your pins to catch the reader's eyes. If your pins could use a boost in aesthetic, head over to reportthemagic.com forward slash detour to download six completely free professional photos. So again, that's reportthemagic.com forward slash detour or just hit the link in our show notes debate time do you guys say catch or what's how do you say oh my goodness i say catch because it's you know with an a not an e so i played baseball when Catherine and i first met and he was a catcher my position was catcher so i wonder if people even really hear the difference or if it's just us no there's a distinct difference it's the same like ketchup like what do you say ketchup no No, that's silly because there's an e anyway Our quotes today, we have three of them. So the first one is from Winston Churchill. Special shout out to all of our UK listeners. And to our crown lovers. That's what this quote made me think of because I'm waiting. I'm anxiously awaiting for the crown to come back. Yeah. So that is a show on Netflix if you guys are not aware. So Winston Churchill said, success is stumbling from failure to failure with no loss of enthusiasm. I don't know about you, but I picture him with, like, a glass of scotch and a (laughs) cigar in his mouth whenever he said this. (laughs) But it's very true, and I think it it definitely makes me think of you because you go from one thing to the next, and whenever you think of that next idea, your eyes light up, and you are just as excited about it each time. So never lose that. (laughs) You don't seem very flattered. (laughs) Tender moments. (laughs) So the next one, um, and I'm going to skip around a little. I do that a lot. But this one is from Edna Mode, and it's a very popular quote. But it's, I never look back, darling. It distracts from the now. And I think that definitely applies to failing fast because if you are always looking in the past or worrying about what didn't work, then you can't focus on what is working or what will work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Edna's very wise. She is wise and she's sassy. Yeah. we. I was a little intimidated to meet her when we did in Hollywood Studios. Yeah, she kind of has like that presence about her. I'm, I'm glad she's not a face character. That yeah. I don't know if that I That would be a it. bit much. So the last one is from Walt Disney or supposedly from Walt Disney. You guys know <laughs> there's so many false Walt Disney quotes out there. We trust the internet. We're naive. So this one is, everyone falls down, getting up is how you learn to walk. Again, Walt with the mic drop. Or a supposed Walt with the mic drop. Allegedly. Yep. So I just think that one's good because, again, I mean, even if people don't say that they've tried things and failed, I mean, 
everyone has. You know, I think some people are more open about it than others, and it's just a personality thing. Um, But recognizing that it's not just you. Again, like Brendan said, the Disney community is so good about accepting all of that and being a good cheerleader. But that's how you really learn what you should be doing. For sure. So we have four characters to share today. The first one is Ralph from Wreck-It Ralph. So you put that one on the list. What was your thinking behind him? Well, I mean, if you look at Ralph, he kind of fit like fails all the time or at least in the very beginning of the first movie he did you know he broke everything he kind of wrecked the whole party and he learned that you know that could be an asset not necessarily a bad thing Mm -hmm. yeah i like that one that's a good one thanks so the next one that we came up with was maurice from beauty and the beast So I was trying to think of people who, you know, made things or created things, and he definitely came to mind. So he definitely has his, you know, his share of probably failures or inventions that don't work out because all, you know, scientists and inventors do. But he ended up with a really good, you know, wood chopper thing. (laughs) I don't even know what you would call it. But, you know, he just kept pushing on and he kept trying new things. Yeah. Next one is Professor Philip Brainerd. I think it's Brainerd. Or is it? I think it's, it's Brainerd. Be. From Flubber. So I it's been so long since I've seen Flubber. But when we were thinking about this and like Maurice prompted that in my brain of someone who's inventing things or working on things. So... You guys might remember the movie Flubber more than me. I would imagine he probably had very many failed experiments before he came up with Flubber. Or I'm sure Flubber was an accident. So sometimes you stumble on things that end up being, you know, something bigger. You know, you talked about how sometimes you have high expectations. Sometimes you stumble into things that you aren't expecting. Mm -hmm. Good point. Yeah. Pat on your back. Thanks. So the last one is Gazelle from Zootopia. And it's basically just because of the Try Everything song. So she very much embodies the whole idea of trying everything, do everything, you know, and don't let that fear of failure stop you. If we wouldn't get copyrighted, I would plug that song in right now. Yeah. You want to, if you want to do your best Shakira <laughs> impression, have nobody, at it. Nobody wants that. <laughs> Just play it. You you can probably all like hear it in your head right now. So that's good enough. Yeah. So I had fun on this episode. Yeah, it was a good one. Well, good deal. So thank you guys so much for joining us. I haven't mentioned this in a while. If you guys are ever looking for a great way to help out the show, leaving an iTunes review is absolutely the best way to help spread the word about the show. So takes 30 seconds max. <laughs> Go to iTunes, hit five stars, hopefully. Fingers crossed. Whatever your honest feedback is. If it's th- if it's three or <laughs> below, maybe just DM us and tell us that feedback. Four or fives are welcome, but we truly appreciate that. It's the best way to help us rank higher in iTunes and help people find the show. So Thank you guys so much for listening. We'll be back on Friday for a very fun episode. Right, Catherine? 
Yes, we are going to be talking with our friend, Rodri, and we will be discussing our top five Disney villains. Yep. So we are fully into the Halloween season. We couldn't pass up another opportunity to do a fun show. So we look forward to counting those down. I bet I can predict your top five right now. But anyway, thank you guys so much for joining us, and we will chat with you on Friday. Thank you for listening to Detour to Neverland. Subscribe to the show and leave a review to help more people find us. Follow us on Instagram at Detour to Neverland underscore podcast to see our pictures from the parks. See you real soon.